And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Solid conservative, just plain right. Saving the world one soundbite at a time. Wrapping up this section of the Triple Dipper on executive action. So what happens when the executive branch just does its thing? Well, I mean, they don't make the laws. They enforce the laws. But they are allowed the option then to interpret the laws sometimes and do things that they want to do. And also, by the way, to use the power of the bully pulpit and the power of governmental affairs action working with the legislature to do things that can just be good or be really bad. And we are constantly as conservatives right now watching what happens with an executive branch gone wild. So right now we are seeing the Biden administration do things like here's an article from the Epoch Times dated January 24th. So the Epoch Times is literally saying that Democrat policies from the Biden administration are set to burden American businesses with higher taxes this year. So part of this is regulatory. When they begin to overregulate, it's a it's a ad hoc tax, if you will. When they look at things like passing the Inflation Reduction Act and pushing for it, pushing for it, and getting their friends in the legislature to pass that bill forward, which, by the way, the idea that they can't get anything done in Congress on you know, issues of import like border control, but they can get the Inflation Reduction Act and increase the uh, national debt to $31 trillion? Come on. But all I'm saying here is we're looking at right now, a study from the Epoch Times says that the passage of the Inflation Reduction Act and the allowance of the Trump tax cuts to simply expire which was part of the policy, is creating a potential of up to $115 billion in tax, new tax burdens for businesses. That's what happens when you have executive action pushing for something. They don't make the laws, but they can help, by the way, in terms of the interpretation or the enforcement or the regulatory options regarding the laws. But then there's also the fact that we have a president right now who clearly espouses that he does not believe that any of the Bill of Rights, the the amendments to the Constitution, he does not believe that they are immutable. He believes that they are at all times flexible. They can be changed. But they're not, Mr. President. They have not been changed. So until you go full bore and you see the congressional action necessary, signed then by you and ratified by the appropriate amount of states, you cannot say that you can just take what action you want on the Constitution. And yet he does constantly. Second Amendment being one of the biggest. Story here on Town Hall, dated January 24th. Biden calls for an assault weapons ban after latest mass shooting. Well, of course he does, because we have an executive right now who does not believe in the Second Amendment. President Joe Biden on Tuesday once again called for a ban on so-called assault weapons after a mass shooting incident in Half Moon Bay, California. He says for the second time in recent days, California communities are mourning. And then he went on to say yesterday, Senator Feinstein, alongside Senators Murphy, Blumenthal, and others, reintroduced a federal assault weapons ban and legislation that would raise the minimum purchase age for assault weapons to 21. First of all, tell me what an assault weapon is. But secondly, he's telling them in the quote, deliver this assault weapons ban to my desk and take action to keep America's community schools and workplaces and homes safe. When you see that kind of executive push, what does it do? It emboldens the gun control activists. It emboldens the liberal state legislatures to know they have a friendly environment in which the DOJ will defend them in court if they pass an anti-Second Amendment piece of state-level legislation. All I'm saying is this. Folks, it matters what your executive branch does. They don't make the laws. 
But in, in essence, their bully pulpit can become the weight of law, if you will. Last one I'll give you, USAID, the U.S. Agency for International Development. This is the one that has the, the mission to, quote, promote and demonstrate democratic values abroad and advance a free and peaceful and prosperous world. This is USAID that acts as the arm of the State Department to do things in foreign countries. Oh, yeah, okay, you might be curious to know that a new guide from USAID AID, entitled Integrating LGBTQI Plus Considerations into Education Pro- Programming is being touted across the world right now. In education arenas where USAID is helping provide resources in foreign countries, I mean, it's got a guide that literally says that you should not tell the parents what the sexual orientation preferences are of the child while at school. This is our government. This is the, this is the emphasis we see from the executive branch right now, and they're out there just doing stuff. Sometimes the legislature has to step in and say, stop that. Other times the legislature needs to actually do something and, 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 and act in accordance therewith. But when you have an executive branch that goes rogue or an executive branch that goes quiet or an executive branch that chooses to speak out in a positive way, amazing things can happen. But that executive action, that executive action should not be underestimated. They are a co-equal branch of government with the other two. But there are many who say that the most powerful branch is too often the presidency, especially in the era of the deep state when the regulatory burdens that bureaucrats are willing to put on can make all the difference in the world. All right. There, my soapbox, the power of the executive. Coming up sometime soon, we'll probably do one on the legislative. But in the meantime, we're going to switch gears. We're coming back after this. Adventures in Woke World. Y'all stay tuned. Stay tuned.